This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. As I said, we're going to hear from all three pastors this morning, senior pastors of, uh, of these three churches. We're going to start with Pastor Bob from Church of the Harvest. Y'all give him a hand. All right. It's great to be with you this morning. Isn't it great to have the body of Christ together? I mean, are excited about that. Well, I tell you someone who is, and that's God. Because one of his priorities is unity. And I want to talk just for a few moments uh, uh, about that. Uh, last week, started a series about legacy and talked about legacy of a church or a church that uh, continues on, outlives our lives, continues for generations, that God's a God of multi-generational he wants the church to continue, to thrive, to be strong, to grow, to prosper, to increase and advance the kingdom of God. And I, I want to continue in that vein a little bit this morning. Next week we'll uh, continue with legacy, but legacy of a church. I believe a church that will grow and go from generation to generation is a church that believes in unity. Say unity. Unity. There's different laws that govern this natural realm, and there's laws that govern the kingdom of God. And one of those laws that govern God's kingdom is the law of unity. And God puts um, special priority on unity. And I was thinking about, we have a holiday tomorrow. How many are off work tomorrow? A lot of you are off work. And, and this holiday is actually, it's honoring a man, Martin Luther King Jr., who was promoting an agenda of God. He was in unity with God about all men are created equal. He was, I believe, ordained by God to bring unity to the part, to, to the body of Christ, a part that had been totally divided from the family. Amen? Amen? And I, I believe that God had him fulfill this to bring unity to the family of God. Are you thankful for his life? I, I looked up just a few things about him. He was a Baptist minister, activist who became the most visible spokesperson and leader in the civil rights movement. He's best known for his role in the advancement of civil rights using the tactics of nonviolence civil disobedience based on Christian beliefs. On October 14, 1964, he received the Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize for combating racial inequality through nonviolent resistance. President Ronald Reagan signed the holiday into law in 1983. I can remember just a little bit of his death. I was just a, a small kid, didn't understand it. But here's a, a man who was in agreement with God, and he had a purpose and a plan from God to bring unity and to bring that unity to mankind and to the body of Christ. Well, I want you to see is unity is a key to experiencing the blessing of God. If you want unity, uh, if you want blessing in your marriage, get in unity. You want blessing in your family? Get in unity. You want blessing in your business, in your career? Get in unity with the vision or whatever that uh, business is about. Get in unity about it because God puts blessing on unity. 
He put strength in unity. And we find out through Scripture, when you look at the day of Pentecost, it said they were all in one accord. Or can I say it like this? They were all in unity. They were all in unity waiting for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descended upon them and came in power. Why? Because they were in one accord. They were in unity. And we see this over and over again in Scripture. In Matthew 18, verse 19, Jesus speaking says, Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, anything and everything they may ask, it will come to pass and be done to them by my Father in heaven. We see agreement there. Saying two coming into agreement. Think about three churches coming into agreement. Think about a city coming into agreement. The believers, the power that is released, it, it increases. And then John chapter 17, Jesus prayed the prayer. It's the most um, advanced prayer or, or the longest recorded prayer that Jesus prayed. And we call it the prayer of unity that would, we would be one he said, my prayer is not for them alone, but I pray also for those who believe in me through their message. In other words, it wasn't just for those that were with him right then. He said, all those that will believe through their message, through speaking the gospel, this is for them. So that means it's for us. This prayer is for every follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. It's amazing there as we're to be one as the Father and Jesus are one. How many can believe that Father and Jesus are in unity? That was the prayer that Jesus was praying that we would be one just as like Jesus and Father are one together. Now, Many times we think that unity means we have to be the same, and that's not the case. We know that Jesus and the Father are different. They're not the same. They have different function. Um, and when we talk about unity, we're not saying that you're, you're not individual anymore, or we all have to be the same. God does not want men to become women. And, we, and both sexes try to make us both the same, you know. <laughs> you need to be more like a man, honey. <laughs> no. God made the differences. And we're to enjoy the differences. In fact, we shouldn't be changing anyone apart from sin. We shouldn't be changing them because we're taking the place of God. God made them different. It'd be pretty boring if we were all the same. So he made us different races. He made us different, different functions, different giftings, different talents. He made us all different. So we don't need to change each other. Unless it's sin, then we have a legitimate thing that's going to bring death to them. But we need to enjoy the difference. But unity means it's not, it's not personality driven, it's purpose driven. You can take a football team. Good example would be Alabama. Sorry, Georgia fans. Had to bring it up. But you have all these guys on the team, and they all have different functions. They all 
Are they big? They're small? They're different shapes, different functions on the team? And their personalities are different? Just listen to the interviews. <laughs> they're, they're all different. But they all have a common purpose. And that purpose is to score touchdowns and to win games, win championships. Have you ever listened to an orchestra tuning up or getting ready? It's just like, it doesn't make sense. You know, they're just tuning up and this thing is going this way and that way. But then when the conductor gets up there and he takes his baton and he gets their attention, all focus comes on the conductor then they're of one purpose. Then they're playing one song, and it comes together and makes a symphony, and there's strength, and there's power released. Yelp. Wow. Okay. I have the honor, and I, I love these pastors, Pastor Ray and, and Pastor Troy, and um, just love their hearts and everything about them. And I have the honor of introducing Pastor Ray Johnson to you from Spirit Church. Bless you, brother. Love you. Come on, let's give God a great big hand. It's all about him, isn't it? That's why we're here. Um, uh, I'm sorry to disappoint you guys that Bo didn't make it today, but he did send me a text and he said, great job, Bob, great job. <laughs> they was in the back and, you know, we was praying for one another and, uh, and uh, I guess I'm the, um, the funny pastor because uh, he was praying for, that, for my, uh, my funniness and I was, because uh, I always, I'm, I'm the type of person that likes to enjoy what I'm doing enjoy the things of God and enjoy the things in God. But what, what is my greatest joy? I want to let you guys know my greatest joy. My greatest joy is where we are right now. It's to see the body of Christ come together. Not only the body of Christ, but us as American people, as us as a humanity and people that can come together. Uh, you know, I, I like, I'm like Pastor Bob. I like a variety of things. I, I, can't, I can't be around a whole lot of me. I get tired of myself, you know, so I love a variety of things, and I love to enjoy things and have things come together. Now, uh, my wife kind of got on me this morning because she saw me put on my Captain America shirt, and, and she said, why are you wearing that shirt to that church? But listen, I had a purpose for it. For one, we all are American people. Whether however we got here, however we landed on this place, we have to sit simply to the fact that we are all American people. All right? But there's a captain. Mm. There's a captain. And I represent my captain on today. And, and my captain is just like Captain America with the Avengers. He leads, he guides, he gives wisdom, and he takes matters no matter the cost of his life. And so I stand before you today in representation 
of our captain of our America. Amen. So let me dig into this. I only have 10 minutes. Uh, most of my people probably are on, on our page saying that Pastor Ray just can't do 10 minutes. I'm going to show you guys this morning that I can do 10 minutes. Because if not, they're going to warn me just like they just did Bob. So, so I'm going to have to do it anyway. My, the people at Spirit Church, they just don't say nothing, but I see them tap their feet like, okay, you know, so, but I'm going to go ahead and go with it. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 2, I'm going to read it in the NSV because it, it, it uh, pulls some things out for me, and I want to talk to you guys today uh, uh, concerning this. This is what we're going to talk about today, common unity. All right, here we go. Philippians chapter 2, verse starting at verse 1, it says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affections and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord of one mind. Wow. He said, listen, this is what he said. He said, this is what I want you to do. I would encourage you to be like Christ. Be comfort from love. Be, participate in the spirit together. And then it says, have affection and sympathy. And what does that do? It says in verse 2, it completes my joy. So if we want to have joy of the Lord, if we want to have God's joy, if we want to create God's joy, then we should, these are the things that we need to implement in our relationship with one another. I'm sorry, guys, the Baptist coming out of me. Got a little rouse there. It says, complete my joy by being the same mind, having the same love. And then it says, being in full accord of one mind. But I want to key in on that spirit. I don't know if I'm spirit or I'm spooky, but I love to look at things that God is saying to me. And this is what he is saying. Look up there. It's going to take the spirit to harvest the city. I'm going to say that again because some of y'all are going to get it when you get in the car. I say it's going to take the spirit. Put that, put, put that, 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 that spirit thing, the, 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 the thing up there for me, the, the, the spirit harvest city. I want you to look at it. I want you to see what I see. Because it just said in Scripture, it says, if we are in one spirit, complete his joy to harvest a city. It's going to take one spirit to harvest a city. It's going to take all of us together, no matter what the cost is, no matter how they look at you, no matter how they treat you, it's going to take the spirit to harvest the city. Watch this. Come in unity. What does come and mean? Come is mean occurring found, or done often. Now, you know, Pastor Troy and I come together and we wanted to really uh, 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 do the thing on tonight for Martin Luther King's uh, birthday and celebrate that, come together in one unity and all that, and to do that. And we, you know, he was always saying, man, I wonder if this is the third church we could add. I said, he wanted, I said, no, it's just kind of late all of its time. We just, we'll wait and maybe do it again next year. But God had to bring a storm. God had to bring a storm and says, listen, I know y'all have an agenda, and I know I'm maybe 
fusing in on your time, but I'm going to bring a storm so that I can bring another church involved. And I'm going to tell you how good God is that things has rent went so smoothly this morning that we did not rehearse for. Why? Because we in one spirit and we here to harvest the city. How much more time I got? <laughs> Unity is the state of being united or joined as a whole. Listen, spirit church can't do it by itself. City church can't do it by itself. Harvest church can't do it by itself. I pray in the spirit that one day that we will, we will rent an auditorium because every church, every nation, every part of us will have one joint service together and say that, listen, we represent the captain of the United States. And we do it all together in unity. So I got two minutes now, right? Okay, let's, let's read it and amplify it. Uh, and I'm about to close here now. Y'all like that? Yeah, I almost got that little, my sister back there, she ready for it. Listen, it says in the, in the Amplify, it says, There, if any encouragement and comfort in Christ, as there certainly in the abundance. If there is an encouragement in Christ, there is certainly of abundance. We all want more. We all want to, ha want to have more. He said, if there is any uh, consolation in, in love, if there are any fellowship that we share in the spirit. Listen, there's no way that we can put this together. There was no way that we could have orchestrated this. There's no way that we could have put this. But the spirit had an agenda, and when it had an agenda, it put together what it wanted to form together. Now, we have to understand that everybody's not meant to connect to one another, all right? But when there's one mind, one spirit, we get on one accord, then it's easy for city church, there's easy for harvest church, there's easy for spirit church to come together without an inclement. We didn't even think about it. We, we was called, we called one another. We started calling around, and it was like, you think we should do this? That wasn't the thought. Said, oh, uh, let me pray about it. Because when you're in one spirit, the, the, the prayer has already been prayed. There, there was a story in the Bible where Daniel was praying for his sin and the sin of others. And the Bible said while he was sitting there, before he got up off his knees, there was an angel that said, listen, boy, get up. God already heard your prayer, so get up off your feet. The thing has already been done. Why? Because your one mind is in, with God and your mind, one mind is in the spirit. So when your mind is in the spirit and your body is in the spirit, God shows up. Watch this. All right. Here we go. I got to say we got about to close one more, two more times because I'm, I'm, I'm strict, straight Baptist. So y'all know how, how that goes. So all my Baptist folks. It says fellowship in one spirit. It said there are things that make God's joy complete. It starts from how we think. It starts from how we think. Where the, man, where the mind go, the man follows. We can't change anything that happened in the past. This is, what I, 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 this is one of my quotes. If my past, if my knowledge of the past grows me stronger than I'll be a building left alone. What am I saying? 
I'm going to say it. I'm just, I'm just going to say it, okay? I'm just going to say it. If, if I'm knowledgeable about how I am as a black man, where we come from, what we do, and what we used to do, then I will stand strong, but I will only be a building alone. Listen, I'm not trying to be a building alone. I'm trying to be a city. Because when you implement everybody, the unity, when a building has a builders beside it, it it's called a city. I don't want to be a building alone. I don't want to just know my knowledge of where I come from. I want to know where I am right now, what I can do to create other cities around me all right last minute the body is different from parts that is by connecting joints the reason why the body is connected is called a joint now don't get excited we're not in Colorado so don't get excited by that word all right it's connected by joints you see why he called me the funny pastor but he said uh, so we connected by joints the joints are this, affection, that's mentioned in there, compassion, but let me show you what the ultimate joint is, love, agape love has no color on it, listen, okay, it's okay, we, I, black folks cook their sp spaghetti together, white people cook it differently, and that's okay, that's okay, one thing we have to understand, it don't change the name, it's still spaghetti. All right? We understand that? So what we have to understand that we can be different but the same. Don't change the cultural, change the color. All right, my last closing. Listen, this is what I want you to do. Challenge yourself to connect with somebody that's different from you. Don't be ashamed. It's okay to be different, you know? And culture has nothing to do with color because there's some black folks I don't understand, okay? So color has nothing to do with culture. Let's be able to connect with one another in all spirit, in all one mind, and connecting ourselves by the joint of love that we will always serve one another no matter what the cost. Amen? Awesome. Listen, I'm about to introduce one of my homies in the city. My great friend, man. We have connected from the beginning. Great guy. Great heart. Always tell me the straight up real truth. He would tell me, because can I share this? I, he, said, he said, you know, we're going to get this all together. And, you know, uh, he said, but, man, you have somebody else? Because, you know, I, our our worship team is, is, is straight white. Can we get a little soul? And I was just laughing. I said, yeah, I got somebody got some soul, brother. But, uh, but we, we share those things, and we're real. And because we do that, there's nothing left unhidden. There's nothing left untoned, unknown, because we connected that way. And we, we are comfortable talking to each other that way, and we enjoy it. But I want to introduce you one of the baddest preachers in the city of Olive Branch. Pastor Troy of City Church. Come on, welcome here like you will welcome the, the presidents of the United States. <laughs> Love you, Pastor Ray. Best introduction ever. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, wow. So excited to be here. Such an honor to be a part of this. Um, I don't even know that anything needs to be added to Pastor Bob, Pastor Ray. You guys have said so much. Uh, 
that I believe needed to be said. I want to share with you for just a couple of minutes on something that's going to seem like it doesn't connect to what they've talked about, but it's going to connect at the end if you'll hang out, hang in with me. So here's what I want you to do. For, for everybody watching at home, shout out to everybody in your PJs. Shout out to the dude sitting in his apartment in his underwear. You know who you are. It's okay. You can worship Jesus in your underwear. Shout out to all of you watching on the live stream. Glad that you're hanging with us. So for everybody here on site and everybody at home, I want you to do this. I want you to take your fingers and I want you to spread them out lightly. Your thumb and your forefinger, barely like it. Get them as close together as you can without touching. All right? Now I want you to take your arms. I want you to spread them as wide as you can. We're going to deodorant check. Right? Uh, as wide as you can get them. Okay. Now remember that. We're going to come back to that later in just a couple of minutes. Um, so at City Church, we started 2018 off by studying the firstness of God. Everybody say firstness. We, we, we've been studying this idea that he is first in everything. The word of God actually begins with this declaration that in the beginning, God the, the Gospel of John, which we've been reading, if you've been doing uh, the Daniel Fast with City Church and doing the reading plan, the Gospel of John starts and says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word being Jesus. So in the beginning, the very first thing is God. The very first thing is Jesus. And so we've been studying this idea of firstness. Why do we, why do we pray first thing in the morning? We can pray any time of day. It's good to pray any time of day. But there's something that happens when you pray first in the morning. Because what you're doing is you're giving him that first place. Why do we worship God on Sunday morning? We can worship God any part of the week. We should worship God any part of the week. But why do we come together on Sunday? Because we're giving him the first part of our week. We're making him first. We're giving him that place. Why, why do we tithe the first 10% of our finances? Why does it matter? You could give the second 10% or the third or the fourth. Like It's all the same amount of money, right? But God wants the first because he is first. Why, why, why do we fast to start the year? I had this question come up, man, what are you doing? The Daniel fast, fruits and vegetables aren't in, in season. We could fast in the middle of the summer and it'd be so much better. Well, we don't fast based on when's the best time to get fruits and vegetables. We fast because we want to give God the first part of our year. You see, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And when we build off of him, it's like the first brick in a wall. When you put the first brick right, the rest of the wall comes together a lot easier. But if the first part is askew, if it's off, the rest of the wall is going to get pretty funky, right? And so we've got to put him first. We've got to put him in his proper place. Now, understand, you and I cannot make him first. He's already first. He's been first long before you were ever even fathomed of. You cannot make him first, but you can put him first. So we've been studying the firstness of God. And so here's the implication I want to share with you this morning is if Jesus is first, then I am second. In fact, go ahead and just say that. Say, I am second. Sitting on your couch, sitting in the bed in your PJs, say, I am second, even right there at home, out loud. I am second. You see, John the Baptist realized this. Very famously in John chapter 3, we just read it Wednesday morning if you've been doing the reading plan with City Church. John chapter 3, you probably know it even if you've not been a part of what we're doing at City Church. In verse 30, he says this, talking about Jesus, he says, he must become greater. Therefore, I must become less. 
He must become greater. I must become less. You see, there's an urgency in that statement. There's a priority in that statement. John realized his place, and his place was not first place. His place was second place, and he realized if this thing's going to go right, if my life's going to fulfill its greatest purpose, if things are going to go the way that God has designed for them to go, I can't be first. I got to be less, and Jesus has to be more. He must become greater. I must become less. It's not optional. It's not up to my personal preference or my opinion. It's not based on how I feel or don't feel. He must become greater because he is first. Pastor Louis Giglio illustrated this years ago in, in, in a different way, and I thought it was such a brilliant illustration. He said that, that all of us have a story that we're a part of. In fact, all of our lives tell a story. All of our lives are a platform. They're like this stage. I, lo- I love this stage. Last time I preached on this stage for just a few minutes, I-, I did a communion talk back in August as we came together for a worship night with Church of the Harvest. And what Church of the Harvest doesn't know is I went back to our church, to some of our people, to Jimmy and some of our other leaders. And I was like, man, we need a stage. Man, I got up there. And I was like, I was like man, I had to like confess some jealousy, like some envy. Like I was not, it was not like the, the, what God wanted for me. But I was like coveting your building. Just going to be honest with you, Pastor Bob. Just open in front of everybody. And I kid you not, about 10 days later, we got a phone call about a building that God was providing for us for free. That's the goodness of the God that we serve. And we got a stage, baby. We got a stage. Trust me. So, but every one of our lives is a stage. It's a platform. And there is a story being told on the platform of your life. And you see, all of us have a decision to make. Most of us choose to tell the story of me. I want to be center stage. I want the glory. I want the attention. I want to build as big of a name for myself as humanly possible. Some of us are pretty successful at that. We can look around and we know some successful people. Or maybe we can look at some celebrities and say, man, they've built a name. They've built an empire. They've built a story. Some people have some very impactful stories, have some amazing legacy. But you know what? The story comes to an end. The story ends, and perhaps you're big enough and famous enough and legendary enough that people will remember your story for 10 years. Or maybe even for 100 years. Or maybe even for a very, very, very small handful of us, our story lasts for 1,000 years. There's a few people from 1,000 years ago that we know a little bit about. But you know what? That fame will eventually end. But there is another option. Instead of living for my fame and for my name, I can live for another name. I can use the platform of my life. I can use the stage that he's given me to live for another name. And you see, there's the bigger story that's going on. It's not the story of Troy Souden. And it's not the story of insert your name here. It's the story of Jesus Christ. And in that story, it's written into the fabric of creation. It's thrown across the universe and the stars. It's buried into the fabric of our hearts. And that the Bible has a word for his fame. It has a word for his story. It's called renown. Renown is fame that never fades. 
And so God offers you and me a divine exchange. I can trade my stage and my story for my glory that has an expiration date that will not last, that will eventually fade and will eventually run out. And I can trade the starring role in that story for any role, for whatever role he offers me, for the part he has for me to play in the story of Jesus because I am second and he is first. And you see, this is the exchange. This is, this is taking all those dollars out of your Monopoly box and trading it in for Scrooge McDuck's money bin, right? The, the, this is trading something of massive insignificance for something of infinite worth. And he's offered us the ability to use our life, our platform, to proclaim his story. But the only way it happens is if you and I recognize that I am second and Jesus is first. When I take my rightful place and give him his rightful place, things come together and the greatest story that could ever be told begins to be told through my life. And don't get me wrong, church, Harvest Church, Church of the Harvest, excuse me, Spirit Church, City Church, whoever's watching at home because you didn't want to get out on the icy roads today, don't even go to one of our churches. Don't get me wrong. It's hard to remember that I'm second. I'm putting my message together and getting ready and praying over this, and I got that little voice in the back of my head saying, man, I got to come back on after Ray Johnson. Like, man, what are people going to think of me watching a video after they just heard Pastor Ray preach, right? Like insecurity pops up. Like you begin to compare yourself, and it's like, man, where do I fall, and why do I got to go last, and all this stupid stuff, and I'm writing a message about I am second. Duh! Maybe let it affect your own life, Pastor. Right? Because there's flesh and it creeps up on a daily basis. And so declaring that I am second is a daily decision. In fact, many times it's an hourly decision. It might be a minute-by-minute decision. But it's recognizing, you know what? My story is worthless and his story has infinite worth. And if I got a chance to play a role in a bigger story, I'm going to cash in my story and I'll take whatever he'll give me in his. Now, what in the world does all this have to do with unity? Unity cannot happen if I want to be first. You see the selfishness and the pride and the covetousness that comes inside of all of us is a great obstacle to unity because I want my preference and I want my style of music and I want my kind of preaching and I want it to be my way and I want it to look this way and the spaghetti's supposed to taste like that, right? And, and, and we can't have unity when we all think it's got to be about us. But when we realize we're second, because here's what happens. I'm second, and Pastor Bob's second, and Pastor Ray's second, and you sitting at home are second. We're all on the same level. We're all at the same place because Jesus has the platform, and the rest of us are on the same level. We're equal at the foot of the cross, and now we can be the same. Now we can have unity. Now we can have equality. But it comes from a recognition that I am second. When I got up here, I told you to hold your fingers apart like this and then your hands apart like this. Let's do it one more time. I want to explain to you something very quickly. Your fingers right here, your arms right here. This right here, this is your life. 
This right here is eternity. This right here, this is your fame and your story. This right here, this is his fame. And this is his story. It doesn't even compare. And guess what? My arms are too short to illustrate it right. Because it should be from that wall to that wall and all the way across, right? Because his story and his value and his worth and eternity are so much greater. My life is but a vapor. My story is but insignificant. But he allows me to leverage my life and my platform and this stage to build his glory and his story of fame that never ends. Will you be second? Will you be second? Will you take second place? Will you accept that you are not first? It is not about you. It's about him. It's not about your preference. It's about his kingdom. It's not about what you like best. It's about letting him use you to build unity and declare his story. Would you pray with us, church? Father God, I thank you so much for for Church of the Harvest opening up to allow us to host this event today, God. the drop of a hat for Pastor Rob's heart and creativity and just saying, hey, why don't you guys come and do this with us? And, and Pastor Bob's leadership, got to thank you for Spirit Church and, and their desire to be a part of this, God, and our desire to, to do a unity service tonight, God. But like Pastor Ray said, you had something better. You had a better plan in mind. We thank you for that. God, I thank you for everyone listening, everyone watching, everyone who's been on the live stream since 10 a.m. and everybody who jumped on in the last 30 seconds. God, I thank you that that while our story is insignificant compared to your story, Lord, those lives are not insignificant to you. They all have a name, and you've numbered the the hairs upon their head. You have a plan and a purpose for their life. You want to bless them and not harm them. You sent your son Jesus to die for them. And so, God, I pray right now, if there's anybody in the sound of my voice, anybody who watches this video later on today or next week, who happens to come across it, that does not yet know Jesus, does not know the salvation that comes from him and him alone, Lord, I ask that you help us to find them. Holy Spirit, convict their hearts. Show them what's missing. Show them that living for themselves first doesn't work that emptiness that void in their life is because they've tried to put the wrong person on the throne and God help us to take self off of the throne and put Jesus on the throne because he is first and God I know when we do that life begins to make sense life begins to come together life begins to have direction and alignment and purpose so I pray right now God for anyone who's far from you you would draw them to yourself. Every head still bowed, every eye still closed, even in your bedroom, even even in the living room, if you would just respect what God wants to do over the next three minutes. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If that's you here in the room with us or, or in your room or your car, wherever you may be, if you say, you know what, I'm far from God, I'm first. Jesus is not first. Maybe he's second, maybe he's 3,000th, maybe he doesn't even make the list. But I'm first and my life is off. It's missing something. And I realize now it's because I've got the wrong person on the throne. I want to give the throne of my life to Jesus. I want to make him first. Nobody looking around. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Would you just slip up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you stand up. I just want to lead you in a prayer right where you're at. Praise God. Praise God. Here's what I want you to do. If that's you sitting at home, if that's you watching online, I want you to repeat this prayer out loud. 
Nobody else maybe is going to hear you, but God's going to hear you because this is what the Bible says in Romans 10, 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, with your mouth out loud, and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I don't think you'd have made this decision to give your life to Jesus if you didn't believe God raised him from the dead. But you got to confess him as Lord. It means he's in charge. It means he's first and you're second. If you're ready to make that decision today, I want to lead you in this prayer. Nothing magical about these words. It's simply an opportunity for your mouth to agree with your heart, to give Jesus that place. If you're here and you're right with God, man, would you just repeat this out loud with us as a show of support for those who are taking this massively important step today. Say, Father God, I come before you today. I'm a sinner. I know I haven't lived the way you want me to. I've lived for me first. And so today, I give up the throne. I turn from my sin, and I turn to Jesus. Jesus, come into my life. Take the throne of my heart. Be my king. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my God. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and make me clean. Thank you for dying for me. I choose to live for you. I choose to be second. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.